It's, it's funny because I do a podcast for my students for our history through pop culture class. We do a podcast every Friday called Culturally Popped. What? And it's on Spotify and Apple too. And they think it's so cool because it's on Spotify and everything. Yeah. That's Nicholas oh Ferroni. He's a high school history and cultural studies teacher in New Jersey. Nicholas is a renowned and accomplished educator and activist. He was named one of the 100 Making a Difference and one of the most influential educators in America for his commitment to education reform. He also started the Teach the Truth campaign to incorporate more minority figures and women in social studies curriculum. And he helped found his school's Gay Straight Alliance and Feminist Club. He was also once named Sexiest Teacher Alive by People Magazine as part of their Sexiest Man Alive series and one of Men's Magazine's 25 Fittest Men in the World, two things I learned while finishing my fourth slice of pizza for the day. Nicholas is no stranger to finding innovative ways to reach and connect with his students. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Nicholas's insight as an educator is perhaps more invaluable than ever. Across the country, there has been a mad rush to take teaching online as schools close down, with an undetermined time for when students may return to a traditional classroom setting. It's a whole new set of challenges, not just for educators, but also for parents, and, of course, for the students. But teachers like Nicholas are rising to the challenge, and they continue to implement new and innovative ways to keep students engaged, keep them learning, and more importantly, keep them feeling supported. Christina Pascucci recently spoke with Nicholas Ferroni to learn more about how he's connecting with students. Here's that conversation. What what grade are they in? Uh, Juniors and seniors. Oh my gosh. What kids are able to do these days just blows my mind. I know. I'm literally doing TikTok reviews with them where I post questions on TikTok and they do at the answers. What? Oh I'll, text you, I'll text you one right now. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I want to see. They're, they're so good at it. Well, one of the questions I was going to ask you is how you keep your kids engaged. So it sounds like technology is number one. I mean, it, it is. But then the big issue is this whole thing exposed inequities in education. When students share devices or they don't have Wi-Fi or... You know, that there's just multiple situations going on. I think this, I mean, this situation exposed how there's such a wealth gap and such inequities gap racially and socioeconomically. Because I have teachers who email me, Christine, they're like, I haven't talked to any of my students. I don't know if they have Wi-Fi. I don't know if they have computers. I don't know. And it's like, I know they have their phone. That's the one thing I'm pretty sure of, which is why I call them every week. I, I send everything through the phone pretty much. Wow. And so how many of your students, how many students do you have? Uh, 157. And have you been talking to every single one? I've called every single parent. Uh, I've talked to pretty much every parent except for probably 15. But there's probably 15 students who I haven't talked to. But I did find out today that five of them have been out of commission because their parents are in the hospital because they've tested positive for coronavirus or symptoms. No way. So, yeah, so it's like, so now it's, I go back, I take away take away their grade, like their zeros, I, I give them credit for attendance. Like, I'm not punishing them for that. So it's, I mean, we're, it's very up in the air right now. And it's just, obviously, I'm trying to err on the side of making sure they're stable and happy and, and secure rather than, you know, they're not going to forget academically. They're not going to forget a lot, but it's like emotionally, it's like they could be, scarred with PTSD after this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, how, how do they maintain their mental well-being? I guess a lot of TikTok, a lot of video games, a lot of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of my students emailed me this morning, like, Fern, I need something to do. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, Netflix, like, I've watched everything on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your students must be just dying to get into your class. I'm sure you're legendary on your campus. I think they appreciate me now more. It's funny. We always appreciate people when we don't have them anymore. And I think it's like it's like anybody else where it's kind of like you're in a situation, you're so used to it. So it's like they're so used to my behavior and my jokes and everything. But then they come back to be like, I miss you so much. I'm like, I thought you hated me. Like, no, I loved your And it's like, well, you should have loved me when you had me. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So but, New Jersey is hit hard, obviously. New York, New Jersey, um, Louisiana, probably the hardest hit states right now. What's what's happening with the education system as a whole in New Jersey? Well, as a state, we're put on hold, and we had a tentative date of we're, we're going to, I guess, reflect on April 30th to see maybe a May 1st return. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, obviously, that's tentative, and I can't imagine that's going to be logical. So it's it's just it's interesting. It's like, like what happened in L.A. It's, I live right by the water in, in Weehawk, and like my view is the city. I live right next to where Hamilton and Burr had their duel, so it's a beautiful view. And it's like every nice day I try to go outside and just like walk around. It's like it's a normal day. Everyone's out. Obviously, everyone's out trying to keep distance from everybody. If you kind of trip within three feet, it's like people freak out. But it's, I mean, it's kind of like everyone's going through their normal behavior, just more cautious and tentative. Right. You know, so it's it's just it's really it is a really bizarre, surreal time and it's I feel like we're all living in an episode of Black Mirror. That's what it feels like. <laughs> what is this alternate universe we found ourselves in? I know, I know. It's just it's literally a bizarre universe where it's kind of where it's called, it's literally Black Mirror episode social distancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The um LAUSD by the way is doing something similar to what, you know, you guys are doing and they're kind of on a standby basis. I have you talked to teachers? I mean, you've been talking to teachers around the country. What have you been yeah. telling them? I mean, it varies because Virginia has uh, Virginia's already shut out for the year. A lot of schools, and like even uh, warm weather schools, get out at May or early June. So it's like a lot of them, it's crunch time. So they're just playing it safe and cutting it down because, I mean, we hope that we had our. I mean, obviously, we didn't have our peak yet, but other states are slowly kind of building up momentum and and more obviously positive uh, coronavirus cases so it seems like they're just shutting down and kind of prepare just for the next school year and just making sure that you know that there is education taking place and it's obviously it's not it's not as quality as an in-class education but it's trying to kind of just make sure they get their days they don't fall behind mm-hmm. but it's it's just interesting i have seniors who kind of i had a girl cry to me because of prom because of graduation and it's like these are monumental obviously in the overall spectrum of things like as adults you and i can look back and be like we don't we wouldn't really care now if we went to prom or graduation or not but at the same time there is some it's a monumental part of our lives so it's like yeah. i'm hoping that we either have something later on or once we get through it or we do get past it where we still have graduation and prom in June. So it's, it, there's, it's just, there's so many things and so many reasons to be overwhelmed and unsure and stressed. I'll be interested to see, and you're so right about that. I'm, I'm interested to see what people will come up with because, you know, people have been so innovative about um, proposals and um, happy <laughs> birthday virtual parties. Prom. Yeah, yeah, virtual, virtual prom. prom. And I'm like, and I told my son, I'm like, think about how great it'd be if your story, if you guys said, do you remember we had a virtual prom? It's like, that's like, to me, that's a better story than saying we had an actual prom. Yeah. You know, everyone has an actual prom. Not everyone yeah. has a virtual. I know. So just be, yeah, let's have a Zoom prom. You know, let's have a DJ Zoom. It's like everyone does their own thing. You get dressed up and you do your thing. And it's like, and that's what I mean. It's, it's funny. because I, I posted something in reference to students. 
because like everyone's ripping on people for the memes and making fun of it and and it's like they're like making it seem like kids are so insensitive and lack compassion because they're they're posting memes about coronavirus or doing tiktoks or having quarantine dances and i'm like that's a coping mechanism like we always i turn to humor when i'm uncomfortable or scared or afraid you know it's it's and a lot of people are trashing them because they think they're, they lack compassion or they just don't take it seriously mm-hmm. and it's like to me it's like I, i'm one of the first people to make a joke or something when it's there's some sort of certainty or you try to maintain calm when the house is on fire you know it's like you don't there's too many people like flipping out or kind of over getting overly anxious where it's like everyone can't do that yeah, right. So it's like my my one student did, did a great paper on the fact on how you know adults are kind of judging kids because they're making memes and gifs and and doing quarantine dances. When at the same time, this is our if we didn't, it's like she was like if we didn't, I would have a panic attack and anxiety and depression and PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't like compassion. It's just it's a coping mechanism. It seems like adults sometimes forget what it was like as a kid. It's almost like. You know, they, they yeah. just don't understand or, or forget. And I think you're making a really good point about that. Well, humor, I mean, humor comes from pain. It's like I did a TikTok of like what teachers are going to be looking like. Uh, teachers getting dressed up for work now. And you, pan, you see them wearing a shirt and tie. And I'll send this to you. You pan around, you see them wearing shorts with socks because <laughs> you can only see my waist up. Oh, you think it's funny to joke about? I said, no, it's a joke. I said, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm happy this is going on. I'm, I'm saying we're making light of the situation because you know it's like you don't have. It's there are too many people who are serious where we need people to balance it out. Yes, you laugh like, to not cry. Or yeah, you laugh to not cry. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. What do you think? What are you guys doing? Because I know for the Los Angeles Unified School District, like something like eighty percent of their kids are in poverty, so they're getting a lot of meal plan help. Um, do you guys have anything like that? Well, well, it's it's funny because uh, recently I posted. This is the highlight. This is my life, Christina. I posted a, a tweet that went viral, and the tweet was very simply. Let me find it. And it was like, it's very simple. It says that this pandemic has revealed that schools are so much more than just schools that many people now realize how tough it is to be a teacher and that teachers are grossly underpaid and that education is essential to learning and to children. And then I've gone viral. And it was the whole premise was we now realize that kids rely on school for safety, for comfort. I, I know I've said this to you before. That's for, you know, kids who are loved at home come to school to learn. Kids who aren't come to school to be loved. Some students yeah. have free lunch. It's their, it's their only structure. It's their main meal. It's where they get a, a system set up. The irony is like the, the pinnacle of my, my self-quarantine life is I get emails last night from my students saying, do you know that Khloe Kardashian shared your, your quote in her Instagram? Like, no, she didn't. And I go and it's like, I'm like, these kids haven't emailed me anything all week. And like, they're emailing to let me know that I was in Kim Car- uh, Khloe Kardashian's Insta stories because of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, on the bright side, it lets, it's exposing what teachers go through and what schools go through because there's so many inequities that, that you were just mentioning where kids, you know, it's like our school is set up where parents and families could, and kids could come in to grab lunch to go. A lot of schools right now are functioning because, and teachers are going in to help bag lunches for kids. Uh, there's schools in the South where I know teachers were posting pictures. They're delivering lunches to families' houses. You know, it's like things like that, which are so that you would never expect, but you know, it's just a essential. It's a, a commonplace in our profession. Yeah. You know, nothing, you know, family struggle. And it's like school kind of picks up the slack and assists every way we can when families are struggling. 
I mean, you guys already were buying supplies for your classrooms that the school wasn't, you know, footing the bill for. So things like that. I mean, teachers always seem like they're on the front lines of selflessness. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it is an interesting thing. And I, I hopefully if there's one silver line to come from this for educators and education, it's that there's so many kids who are disadvantaged because they don't have the resources and that, that you know, education and teachers are kind of essential to the, the equation of society. You know, it's just, it's definitely revealed a lot, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it kind of put everything in perspective and we miss our students. Like I miss my students every single day. So what is your biggest takeaway, would you say, um, or maybe piece of advice for students everywhere across the nation in terms of how they can stay engaged and caught up with, with their curriculum and also for educators and for parents, a three-parter. Well, my first is for parents. Uh, I mean, parents are so overwhelmed, single parents, I mean, even if you have two parents in a household, because now they're indirectly our substitute teachers. You know, it's like they're relaying information. They're, they're trying to teach lessons. And let's be honest, people teach differently now than when we went to school. Math is a whole different different ballgame. Common core math is nothing like what you and I learned. Mm -hmm. And it's so, I mean, parents are now struggling to make sure that they're teaching the lessons and making sure their children stay occupied and on task. And the one thing I could just tell parents is reach out to your teachers. If you're struggling, if there's an issue, uh, set up a time. I had a parent email me and just said, could you, could you zoom up with my child and kind of talk to them and go over the assignment? I said, absolutely. Like we're all in the same boat. It's, 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 it's a two-way street. We're here to help. So I think my best advice for parents would be is just don't get overwhelmed. Reach out to your child's teacher, especially if they're dealing with mental or physical disabilities. And, and that's even a bigger issue. Just make sure that, I mean, reach out to them. Try to set up a time. I mean, they, they'll do everything they can to make sure that their families and their children are safe, comfortable, and, and obviously getting the work done and, and maintaining some normalcy. That would be my advice to parents is reach out to the teachers. Don't be afraid. Start the dialogue. Great. Yeah. I mean, to students, I, I, I would say things will go back to normal. Like, don't understand that. I mean, I, I hope that their schools are as receptive as ours is where we're not trying to bombard students with work. We're making sure that, the, first of all, they're safe, they're fed, they're comfortable, that their families are okay. And then it's academics is secondary to everything else. Mm-hmm. So just, just to make sure that they don't get overwhelmed, that their teachers are very understanding. And I would say to them, too, reach out to their teachers. I just didn't email me saying that, again, that they're at the hospital with their parent because they're afraid they're sick. Mm. I'm not going to punish that child for not doing their work. You know, it's like, I mean, so it's just make sure that they keep an open dialogue with their teachers. And if they need extra help, ask and just try to do. And if, if they don't have access to things, if they don't have the Internet or they share a device with a sibling, that teacher will make adjustments. I promise they'll find a way around it. Right. And to teachers, the same thing. I mean, it's online teaching is the hardest thing I've ever done because it's I'm recording videos. I'm emailing parents. I'm calling parents. I'm. I'm I'm checking everything online. It's you're in front of your computer all day and it's it's the most mentally draining thing and it's so easy to get overwhelmed. And you want to try all these different things, but the one thing I learned is less is more. I don't give my students an assignment every day. I cut my workload in half because it's not a normal school day. And they're getting all the and it's, they have so many other things they have to worry about. So it's, to me, it's quality over quantity in this situation. Well, as normally it's always quality over quantity, but it's not a normal school day. So I just make sure they, they digest and understand the activities we're doing. 
Plus, I give them a more lenient when it, when it comes to turning in work and, and aspects like that. I mean, just be under. And again, most teachers are. It's funny because now teachers are kind of. Edu- they're teaching other people's children from home while other people are teaching their children. So if the teacher's a parent, I think it's a really interesting situation right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like now they're, they're doing twofold as they would normally do, but now it's kind of a lot more thrown at them. So yeah. just for the teachers, just thank you and, and don't get stressed and don't get overwhelmed. We're all in this together. I'm still trying to figure this out. I've and I'm seen. learning so much. I'm learning so much online from all these other teachers who are sharing different resources. Yeah. And, and that's a silver lining in this. And also, um, not to put light on the situation, but I'm going to, uh, I've seen some pretty funny memes from coming from my parent friends. Like, uh, if I'm talking to myself, it's cause I'm having a parent teacher conference. <laughs> Things but, like that. Oh my God. I mean, the memes are great about teachers right now. And it's like, everyone's like, I mean, like I'm shown like, parent, like people are posting like history lessons. So this is one parent's history lesson which I think is a very relative history lesson. Where is it? Just to say it out loud. He's like, forget about the war of 1812. I'm going to teach my kids about the Biggie and Tupac war, the East Coast West Coast battle of 1996. <laughs> 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 we need these moments. We need them. I, I, but again, we do because they, they just, you can laugh at something without being insensitive to it. You know, it's like you need laughter. Like you said, you have to laugh is not, not crying. It's, it's, it's a shared experience. I mean, it's everybody in the world is going through this right now. And it's something I will be teaching about in the future, whether it's from the economic decline or how it was handled or mishandled, or again, the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 and how we <laughs> resolve the issue. <laughs> how people had to re- resolve to napkins and tissues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we I mean, what are you going to say? Like, what, what are we going to tell our kids? Like, you don't know how bad it was. We had to use napkins. I know. Oh, the horrors. Uh-huh. Speaking of which, I was actually at a Costco today and, you know, the lines wrapped around the building. But it does seem like people are becoming less, um, a little less crazed and more practical, which is good now that they know the stores (laughs) are going to stay open. I know. But but again, like essential workers, like I went to, to Acme today to shop and I'm like thinking, I'm like, these teenagers and these people who people ignore and kind of disregard on a daily basis, they're here risking their lives and their health to make sure we get food. Right. Like it's, I mean, it's like nurses. I mean, anybody who's working now, it's just, and these are people who kind of, they don't get the recognition. I mean, teachers, we do get recognition, even though I kind of joke we don't. I mean, we do get demonized and stuff, but it's like the people who are working right now, it's like they're, I mean, they're risking their lives. And it's just, it's so inspiring to see people celebrate and recognize that. Yeah, the heroes of 2020. It's pretty cool to see there's this 8 p.m. clap that's happening uh, every night in East Village, Long Beach. And now they're adding lights to it. And I mean, it's happening all over the world. I saw it in Spain and parts of Italy. So that's really cool. Well, we have to just carry this and maintain this this mentality and this appreciation, this gratitude. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you are awesome. And um, before we let you go, is there anything, any parting words you have for our audience? I I mean, my my parting words would just be, you know, meditate, work out inside, keep your sanity, try to be productive. I mean, it's just, it's one of those surreal times. I think that the uncertainty is kind of what's kind of frightening and keeping everybody uneasy. But I I hope that, that, I mean, I'm optimistic we come out to this, better human beings and a better society than we did before. 
and I'm just hoping that we could get back to normalcy. I, I miss my students, and I'm sure parents would can't wait to send their kids back to school after this. I couldn't, I couldn't sit in a car with my family for a three-hour ride to the Jersey Shore. I would not be able to function if I had to be in a household with them. <laughs> Pre-Netflix, pre-all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you're amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you. And um, everyone follow him. It's at Nicholas Ferroni, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-F-E-R-R-O-N-I. And we'll put it in our notes. And um, thank you. I, I appreciate what you do. You're a, a superhero every day, but especially now more than ever. Thank you so much. And there's so many amazing teachers. I'm not even close to being one of the best in my own building, but I have a big platform, so I try to celebrate all those who are whenever I have a chance. So thank you for celebrating teachers and giving this opportunity to kind of celebrate teachers. Thank you, Nick. More Coronavirus Daily tomorrow. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. Tell us what you think by leaving a review and a rating. And if you've got questions or stories to share, find me and Christina on Twitter. You can reach us at KTLA Podcasts or Christina KTLA or use the hashtag KTLA Podcast. Thanks for listening.